Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason Smith, and I'm originally from California, but now I am living in beautiful Wuhan, China. And today with me is Bebe. Yes. Hi, Jason Smith. <laughs> this is Bebe from Beijing. Hello, our dear listeners. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. I read an article in Newsweek, and it is entitled, Only 44% of Americans Trust What the CDC Has to Say About COVID, oh. according to a poll that I presumably they did. And I thought this is really interesting. So not fun topic today. Oh, I think it's fun. I mean, it's interesting. Okay, it's not okay. fun per se. It's not exciting. Mm -hmm. Way, yay. But it's it's definitely really <laughs> interesting that like, uh, because, you know, if you would have gone 10 years ago and talked about the CDC, firstly, most people would say, what's that? <laughs> you know, like, and so like oh. most people probably, and then if some, you know, doctor from the government went on TV and told people about things, they'd probably be like, Oh, that sounds right. You know, mm. because there wasn't a controversy around it. And now it's, I think a lot of the trust is deteriorating mm -hmm. and you know, there's, I think a lot of different people have different reasons. So it's, it's complicated. Mm -hmm. It's because it said want to do one thing and it said to do a different thing. And mm. it said to do one thing. It said there was a really like a mixed bag of what to do, when to, do it and how to do it, why to do it, that kept going on and kept coming out of these people's, uh, you know, mm -hmm. kept being said. So like, and obviously, you know, Americans are looking around and Omicron is running rampant everywhere. And mm. like, it seems like no, no end is in sight. Mm. Like, I think, you know, whatever plan that was, did come up with, it didn't work. And Americans are extremely frustrated. People are Everyone knows someone who's either sick or maybe he has even passed away. Mm. And like, it's like, well, okay, maybe the CDC didn't, you know, get their ducks in a row before they communicated. Or maybe it's par partially the public's fault for not following what the CDC says. And now they're attempting to blame a poor rollout by the CDC. Whatever it is, mm. it shows, you know a deterioration in an institution that probably most Americans didn't, didn't even know existed like a few years ago. And I think that's really uh, fascinating. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating is a good word to describe it. Like from like our end, I think uh, for the past two years, um, a lot of the news we see um, like outside China are, I guess I can use the word fascinating, you know, like people <laughs> protesting about, like not wanting to wear masks mm. or not to want not wanting to stay stay in quarantine and things like that and also um it, it just seems like quite a bit of a mess i would say mm. uh i mean over here in china um like it's like we identified a problem and then people will work together to solve the problem like that that's pretty much the gist of it mm. but then mm. things get a lot like more complicated um outside china mm. so us you know sitting here watching all that's happening 
um, outside, we were like, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that that's a lot more fascinating than what's going on here. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but maybe for good reasons. I, mm. I think that's actually a really th- interesting thing. You know, a lot of people look at fr- from other countries are looking at China, like especially America. I know people in America. I t- talk to them pretty regularly and they're looking mm. at China and they're like, oh, my gosh. You mean if you get if you like in a, live in a community where like there's one case, they're going to close. the oh, Yes, of course they are. And like that. No one's really you know, the thing is like from America, the media is like putting the spin on it like dun, dun, dun. Oh. They have closed this community down. Mm. But in China, it's more like, OK, cool. I guess I'm not I don't have to go to work for a couple <laughs> weeks. I'm going to hang out, hang out with my family, <laughs> you know, like no problem. It's like a totally different like angle. Right. And also, I just want to say uh, compared to. Um, the flair that, you know, of the Western media, mm-hmm. um, the media here in China, like when they have new cases, mm. you will use, they would have these news conferences, right, mm. for reporters. And then usually um, there will be these uh, expressionless uh, government officials <laughs> telling reporters mm. how many new cases, right, where they are and how it um, originated or how far it has traveled. And basically, they, if, if there are new cases, they will have these news conferences uh, at least every day. Mm. And then there are a lot of these uh, independent, like private uh, news people. Or people who just make videos about, you know, public events. Mm, mm, And then they will, like, dissect that information and add in a lot of um, mm, other mm, details that they find elsewhere. I think watching news is a a totally different experience nowadays with um, not just the internet, but also all these video platforms. mm, mm, And there's just so many uh, sources of information to cross-check each other. And, um, like, I think in China, uh, people have a high level of trust of these, uh, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. public figures mm. that they give out. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, I think at the beginning, let's say 2020, when this all happened, there was a period of time when nobody really knew what was going on. Like people were still um, finding things out. Mm. But after a while, I think the public uh, started to realize that the, the information that um, that's given out on these official channels are reliable. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and when they say it's pretty safe, it's pretty safe. And when they say there are a few cases and, you know, still uh, we're still following how far it's been traveled. That's what it is. Mm. Um, and it's and it's also like we feel like we can trust that information also because there are so many independent mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. news people or portals that are checking those information. Mm-hmm. And also everyone has a cell phone, right? If mm-hmm. anyone yeah. knows anyone who is getting sick or has a, a similar symptoms, you're going to see that online mm. and news like that travel. Mm. So by now we are like so I guess like we can rest assured that if anything happens or the new cases popping up, we will know about it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And pe- some people are doing what need to be done. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a medical worker, you would know this more. Or if you are, uh, if you work in the government, you would know the more details. Mm-hmm. But for us, it feels like just, you know, we're taken care of. Mm. Um, you know, for people who are uh, professionals, doctors, or uh, they work in gov- related government agencies, they are doing what they're supposed to do. And, um, you know, we, we don't have to constantly worry about that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. 
that's how that's the situation I think, here. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, there are it is checked and checked and checked. And like the media here is get, telling people exactly what they need to hear. I think the problem in America mm. regarding the CDC is actually really complicated and even philosophical. Like a lot of people, they just say whatever they want because they have they value this idea, mm. the concept of free speech. So a lot of people are saying false things, like really wrong things, like you need to drink bleach and like just mm. these ludicrous wrong. Oh, yeah, really, dear. really. People are actually <laughs> saying that. And then like in America, the government's like, oh yeah, he has the free speech to tell you that he can drink bleach and like, or drink your own urine as one. Oh. It's really famous. So like apparent that this is a real oh, thing goodness. people are actually doing or like taking like there's a kind of horse medicines and stuff and people are Fight, fighting with their doctors. Oh. No, I'm entitled to horse medicine. And so like, oh because gosh. America values like this oh. one single value so much, like there's all this misinformation. People can't tell what's true from what's not true. Mm. Like who they, okay, I have mm. a friend and he works in construction in California mm. and he builds houses. Like, you know, so he frames houses. He builds the inside of the walls for houses and they determine that he was a, an essential worker. And in my head, I'm thinking mm -hmm. he's not an essential essential worker and essential worker is like a doctor or like a nurse mm. or someone who works in logistics who's moving food to make sure that people can get to keep eating mm. so in china when they were like locking down and they're like only essential workers can go out they mm. were like really strict about who an essential worker was mm -hmm. whereas in america like half of everyone was already an essential worker so it didn't matter their lockdowns were completely useless mm. so i think in my opinion looking at what the centers for disease control did in america mm. they didn't do nearly enough so in addition to the fact that there's all this crazy bleach drinking nonsense <laughs> news out mm -hmm. there just pervading American culture, you also have the Center for Disease Control not taking the disease seriously enough in the first place. Hmm. Even the then president of the United States was like, oh, this is just going to go away in the summer. Like there was no mm. hand attempt. Like he could even, dictate that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then people believed him. People were like, oh, he's, he's an authoritative figure. We're going to listen to that. And then mm. obviously the United States has done very, very badly. <laughs> like, and, and mm. unfortunately a lot of people have gotten very sick mm. and a, a lot of people have died as a consequence of inaction by the centers for disease control to take it seriously inaction by leadership and a combination of just false news, just running rampant all over the country. <laughs> something fascinating um, that became even more evident over the past two years about American public and also politics is the ability to politicize just about everything. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, like even we, I guess I can understand um, people protesting to uh, quarantine Right. Because they mm. don't want to stay in the house for so long. You know, they don't want to be mm. told whether or not they want to go out. Um, but then when it comes to like wearing a mask, mm. it's really mm. not mm. asking for much. And then mm. we saw protests and also all kinds of. Um, mm. mm -hmm. Well, for us, it looks like bickering about the simple thing of uh, wearing a mask. And there were people, you know, parents tearing up because their child was required to wear a mask in class. Um, for us, that that is a little bit hard to understand, I have to say. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember this interview very early on when the whole thing just started. 
I think it was a maybe he was from America, an American blogger here in China. He was interviewing、mm. people about you know because it was like on the street. He said, "Look, everybody's wearing a mask. You know how can they do this? <laughs> so how can everyone wear a mask?" <laughs> and he interviewed a few people, and、um, one of the I remember one of the young lady was like, "You know, we we never thought about this as a political issue, right? It's a health、mm. issue." Mm. Yeah. Is a is a public um uh public health issue. So we don't really we don't have to judge it as is it politically correct or not. It's a simple、yeah. common sense thing to do. So、mm. you know that's what I mean by um sometimes us viewing what's going on outside China looks pretty fascinating mm. because mm. wow they can make an issue out of that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, I hope I'm not offending anybody, but that's just、uh, <laughs> how we truly feel. That this this ability to politicalize everything, a lot of it's mm. just um mm. they don't even belong in the realm of politics for us. Yeah,、mm. and also I think when it comes to the disease itself,、um, there even in even in China, like there isn't a lot of news about how deadly the virus is. Because when you like when I、um, see the news in in the in the states, a lot of times they they talk about oh it's just trying to scare people, right? It's just another. It's actually just another kind of flu or common cold.、Mm. Um, you know the the government is trying to scare people off by the. Um, but even here, you know, it's a,、uh, it's not about how deadly it is. I think it's more about how fast it travels and how many、mm. people it can impact in a short period of time.、Mm. It's just that it travels really fast, and I think the society as a whole can't really handle、uh, having that many sick people all at once. You know, there won't be enough mm. hospital mm. beds、um, or medical staff to take care of the sick ones. And also, another really important aspect of it. Is、uh, and it's something that make me understand why、uh, we have this zero tolerance for COVID in policy in China is the effect on the impact on the elderly uh, people, mm, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people who passed away、uh, from COVID nineteen in other countries are elderly. You know, people who are aged mm, um, mm, above eighty、mm. five. Now maybe people can you know、uh, justify this somehow in other cultures, but for us there's no justification for bringing this onto the onto the old people. I mean the young will probably be okay, right? A lot of the light cases and they'll、mm-hmm, go through mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and they'll develop the antibodies for it, but maybe not for a lot of the old people. So that's something we decide that we just cannot accept. I agree. Actually, I think that this has been couched in a strange way, because a lot of people in America. Might make arguments about, oh, this is my right to choose whether to wear a mask. Actually, it, it's really about the right to life. You know, like all these people, like we, you mentioned, are who are older or immunocompromised. It's、mm. about their right to be be able to live.、And、the right to life is enshrined around the world in the in the Chinese Constitution, the American Constitution, and the UN. And so, like for people not to wear a mask because, oh, I might not get hurt. But yo, know, yeah,、mm. you were killing your grand. You might. Be a vector for the disease to be transmitted to some elderly person, your own grandparents, even.、Mm-hmm. And you're you're basically taking away their.
their right to be around next year. And that that is mm. that's really bad. I mean, and it's it's selfish. And like you said, it's a cultural thing. Right. People in China are like, OK, we're going to come together as a team. Mm. People in other countries also did that. And like the United States, that wasn't the case. People would just turn this into a big debate. And, and it's mm. fine if people want to debate things. But when it's debating, when you're during the debate, a million people die. That's not a debate mm. that's worth having. Like that is not responsible. That is not respecting other people's right to life. You know, that was a that's a really good point. What you were just saying, because from our end, um, watching what's happening outside China, it's there. There does seem to be a lot of talking, you know, like uh, one party against the other, you know, each uh, expressing their own opinions. And of, and of, of course, in one way, that's wonderful. Right. Each one can have a free expression of what they think. But, you know, looking from a distance, it's like. Uh, we're like, hey, guys, you do have things to do. <laughs> you can't spend all that much time just, <laughs> you know, talking, discussing. I, I remember months and even over a year into this whole thing, there are still discussions at very high level um, about whether or not, you know, people should wear a mask. And for us, I'm sorry if I offend anybody. That's just, you know, you're just you're losing time there. Do something more important <laughs> while you are defending your right to um, express express yourself. Maybe, you know, other people need to defend their rights to live, mm. you know. And for us, that seems like that's a more important, more urgent thing to do. I mean, human rights, right? Mm. There's a lot of talk about human rights, but you got to be alive to have rights. Right. You got to be pretty healthy to enjoy your rights. So why don't we take care of that first? <laughs> and I think a lot of uh, what's been done here uh, in China is uh, to make sure that we are all going to be OK. And right. And then, you know, uh, we need to be OK to enjoy our, our good life. And um, if you survived and your grandmother didn't, this is not going to be a happy new year for you. Mm, right. Mm. Uh, and you're probably going to live with guilt for a very long time. Um, and also, you know, rights always come with responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people tend to forget the second part, mm -hmm. you know, your, your, your rights and also your, uh, corresponding responsibilities. You can't just be talking about your rights without the other part. Um, but it seems like, uh, that the second part could be missing in, for a lot of people. Well, you know, I, I, I completely agree with you. Firstly, I'd also like to say, I think that this, it's not just the CDC. I think that. The fact that the CDC firstly failed as leaders, but also people don't look to them for leadership mm. in the first place. They didn't know. Most people didn't probably didn't know who the CDC was. And now people don't trust the CDC. More than half of people don't trust the CDC. So it's almost like, well, why is there a CDC? Mm. But also like it's a symptom of a wider problem in American culture and society where people don't know who to look to for leadership. Oh. Not just about vaccine. It's not just about this one pandemic. It's about a huge like system-wide failure of there, there are no real leaders mm. they're just leaders of of groups of people in america so no one looks to like congress or the presidency or like any particular figures as someone that is really authoritative because everything is so debated mm. so this is like a, a, a symptom of the failure of all kinds of institutions the tr trust in the irs and trust in all in the police and trust in all kinds of institutions mm. shows uh, the the lack 
lack of trust shows that there is a failure of the of gravitas of leadership mm. and, and it just shows that Amer- maybe American society really needs to retool itself in some way where they actually do form reputable institutions of some kind that people can look to for for someone to lead mm. culture and society in a healthy direction. Wow. Um, we're talking about big stuff today, huh? Um, yeah, seriously, I have to like readjust myself. <laughs> we're being serious today. Oh. But also, you know, from oh, okay. um, from like my point of view, it seems like maybe the C, um, CDC can't really say what he wants to say. You know, a lot of times you see these mm, this mm. all kinds of conflicts between different mm. um, interest groups in American politics, right? It, it's like... Um, sometimes it seems like it's hard to really get one thing done, especially big projects, because it's bound to step on somebody's toes, mm, mm, right? Mm. It's, it's bound to be a sacrifice on somebody's, mm, mm, of somebody's yeah. interests. And so in the end, you just see left, right, yeah. front and back. And, you know, it's hard to make yeah. sure that everyone is satisfied. So yeah. nothing goes forward. I remember, you know, at the beginning of, of course, we watched the news. We watched what, you know, Dr. Fauci was saying. And at the beginning... You know, we, uh, you know, we wanted to trust everything, but then later on, you f- you feel like, huh? You you sense this wavering of mm, stance, mm, right? Mm. You feel like maybe these people they are influenced by people of higher authority, so that they're not really saying what they really want to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, of course, later on, you lose trust mm-hmm. because you feel like, okay, you know, even if he or sh- they know uh, the truth, they might not be free to say it. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. you know, why bother? I guess maybe that's how people Well, feel. I think you're right. I, let's look at a different kind of example. Let's look at like building a dam, just theoretically. Mm-hmm. In, in China, you know, if you want to build a dam, the the government's going to take the appropriate measures to ensure that they get the land in, an, in a fair way. And some people will be put out. Sure, you know. Mm. Like, oh, you know, I was living there. Okay, too bad. I have to move over here. And, you know, they're compensated appropriately. In America, it's like you say. Right. It's like, oh, my gosh, you can't have my home. And, like, they'll have a protest. And like, <laughs> becomes a th- like the high-speed rail project, for example. Let's switch gears a little bit. In California, it's been... They've been attempting to build it for more than 20 years. Mm. It's been debated and like they've been trying to build this thing. And it's still like, oh, well, we don't know how we're going to get this part built because there are too many vested interests, too many counties Mm. and cities and individuals who are like, oh, where's my piece of the pie? And, you know, I want Mm -hmm. compensation for this or you need to do you check this. And like so it never gets done. It just this ongoing billions and billions of dollars thrown Mm. down a hole for something that will it ever get finished? I don't know. No, if it if it does, it will be more than 10 years from now. Wow. And so it's just this ludicrous enterprise of throwing money in a hole and you're not sure that everything anything's ever going to get done. And there was a time when the United States took building things seriously mm-hmm. and like people trusted. OK, you know, my this happened to my grandfather. So, you know, this is my grandfather. He owned three acres of land mm. and the train the train tracks needed to come through. And they said, hey, we're taking two of your acres. Here's some money. <laughs> my grandfather was legitimately put out. He's like, hey, that was mm. mine. But. Mm-hmm. Now there's a, a rail that goes through there that provides, you know, billions of dollars of infrastructure and moves mm-hmm. goods around and, and helps millions of people's lives because of the logistics are improved. So, yeah, grandpa was a little put out. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it was for the it was for such a greater good mm-hmm. that like it, it's ludicrous not to be able to just say, OK, I'm sorry. You know, in the United States still has this. It's called eminent domain. Mm-hmm. I'm just using this as an example of like the kind of infighting that happens in in america is is so 
big mm-hmm. now that nothing can get done. And, and I think the trust in the CDC is part of that. Everyone's just like, oh, well, I read this or my doctor said that or my friend said this or I saw this on YouTube. Mm. And so like no one trusts anything anymore because there's no ability to direct people towards what is actually going to benefit the most amount of people. <laughs> And just in general, I wanted to say something. In general, I think we get the sense of um, a a chase for perfectionism in the U.S. And what I mean by that is, um, like, you want something to be perfect, right? You want everyone to be happy. And that's that's good in itself. Right. Because everybody is important. Everybody's interest should be uh, appropriately protected. Mm, mm. But in contrast to that, to that um, more moral, more pure moral standards and this this chase of um, this desire of achieving perfectionalism, I think the feel I get here in China is both the people and also the government, they're more pragmatic. Mm. Like we understand that in private life and in, in governance and in, you know, on the world stage, rarely anything will be perfect. Like it's not something that we like to admit, but that's what life teaches us, right? Like who has a perfect family, to be honest? So I think in China, maybe there's a deeper understanding of reality uh, and the fact that it's not going to make everyone perfectly happy. Because if you shoot for that result, you know, you you just be talking for a very, very long time, mm-hmm. right? Because the problems will come up and no one, it, it's hard to satisfy everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think with that understanding in the society, it's easier to move things along, mm. right? This time, maybe your land is has been taken for a building this or that. And of course, you will be handsomely compensated. Um, and next time, maybe it's somebody else, right? And that's for your benefit, right? Maybe you actually want that railroad to go across that region, but it's your neighbor's house who's going to be affected. Um, so I think there's also the sense that Maybe this sounds a little bit philosophical, but there is also the understanding that things are always changing, right? Nothing is permanent. Mm -hmm. Like something that happens now will affect you Mm. now, but it's temporary, right? And um, new things are always happening. And, you know, there's cause and effect, but the effect can be decades away from the cause or Mm -hmm. it can be a few days away. Um, But, you know, some kind of uh, uh, like, I guess my point is, Um, Maybe people don't get stuck as much on the here and now and maybe look to the future a little bit more like for this month um, or for this two weeks. I'm going to stay in in inside Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for the quarantine right? because there are a few cases in the city. But then the whole city will be safe after this two weeks. What's the big deal? And the whole city will be safe. Right. What's the big deal? And then um, at the beginning, maybe people, I think when it all started, first started in Wuhan, I think people had to stay indoors for a bit longer. But at that time, people won't know, didn't even know how long it was going to be. But it was not going to be forever. If you are dead, that's forever. Right. As long as you are still alive, there is always other possibilities. And I think having that mentality will help a little bit. Right. So even though things are not perfect now and they will never be perfect, but hey, you are uh, alive and you are healthy. And then that's endless mm. uh, possibilities that you can you know you can use. So hope I haven't really changed the direction too much. 
<laughs> well, I, you know, I, yeah. I live in Wuhan and I know that people here are really resilient and they're very happy with the way that government, you know, I talked to people when, after I moved here, I was like, how did it go? And people were like, oh yeah, they, the government took the responsibility mm-hmm. to guide. And now there's no, now there's no COVID. We can walk around and like be completely safe. Whereas in, in the United States it's years later and they still cannot walk around and be safe. So like mm. the way that it was handled is completely different. I wanted to use some, I want to throw some statistics out there Sure. about the responsibility any of the people in other countries outside of the United States, because mm. the United States, I think of the uh, total population, it's like 60% or so have been actually vaccinated. Mm. Whereas here in China, 2 billion doses uh, will have been provided to its 1.4 billion citizens this mm-hmm. year. And, you know, it's, I think it's roughly 90% of all people. And according to the Global Times, the uh, China is donating 100 million US dollars to COVAX mm. so that COVAX can continue to provide vaccines for like uh, impoverished nations like mm-hmm. Africa and other places where mm. they are not able to just buy their own vaccines. So China has not only managed to get everyone to voluntarily go and I've, I'm, by the way, I'm triple vaxxed. I've gotten three shots, <laughs> wow. not only gotten people to go get their vaccines responsibly, but they've also been providing vaccines to a lot of the developing world to ensure that, you know, COVID on a global scale is, is handled. We don't see all of these mutations that Mm. you know places that are where the virus is running rampant uh can cause and maybe cause it to wash back Mm -hmm. so i think the success of firstly living in china i'm so appreciative i just want to say that i'm so happy that i live here and that i feel safe a lot of my coworkers, (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly when my coworkers first found out that this was happening it was chinese new year Mm. a lot of people were abroad they were like oh i'm not coming back and a lot of them i've talked to them they were like i should have come back (laughs) and i i personally am like Thank goodness I stayed in China. I'm so safe here. Like, you know, there's zero COVID. I can walk around and like totally be safe. And if I were to, if they were to like, hey, you need to stay in your apartment for a couple of weeks, I'd be like, great. My wife and I are going to catch up on watching TV or something together. And then I will go out and hey, there won't be any COVID and it'll be completely safe. Mm -hmm. Like living here is, you know, a lot of this ludicrous mainstream media in America use the word like draconian which i said before but really it's the exact opposite there <laughs> americans are living in a society where the draconianness is is coming from the ever prevalent virus which may take your life whereas here mm. I, I go to the grocery store and woohoo everything's fine and like <laughs> it's just it's completely the opposite of like how it's portrayed sometimes and it really frustrates me when i read this false news coming out of like what is supposed to be the responsible media in america and also you know you mentioned the resilience of the people. And also, Mm. um, do you feel, you know, in your association with uh, different Chinese people, do you sense this um, this, uh, flexibility, this ability to adapt to different situations? Like, you feel like, do you feel like in general, like the Chinese people are not as rigid when it comes to, you know, dealing with a lot of things? Just as you said, like if you were uh, told to, you know, to stay home for two weeks, you know, I guess you, you your wife's reaction or your reaction wouldn't be, I got a protest, <laughs> you know, I have a right to go out. <laughs> but you might be like, you know what, there are also fun things we can do, right? Hmm. And it's hmm. just two weeks, no biggie. And, um, you know, there, there are all kinds of fun videos made in the past two years about <laughs> all kinds of uh, funny and crazy things that people came up with 
um, to do, you know, to do in their houses, like indoors, mm. kinds mm. of schemes to to exercise, right? Ways uh, they made from furniture so that they can swim <laughs> indoors, um, or <laughs> different. Oh yeah, I did see some of that. That was really cool. Yeah, and also um, different games they come up with, and just uh, videos they made just because they were so bored. Mm. And so it was an interesting time in another way, though they didn't get out, but there was a burst of creativity. From the fact that they had to, you know, stay indoor a bit. In America, in California, mm-hmm. there was a time where they started like sorting the trash, and mm. everyone's like, "Yay, it's fi- we finally get to sort the trash." And there wasn't like people saying, "No, I'm not gonna sort the trash." <laughs> they were like, "Okay, let's sort the trash then." And every- you can't make me sort my trash. <laughs> exactly. People were kind of excited about it. It was like a great opportunity. They mm. felt like they were doing. So- and I was going thinking about the word trust. Mm. You know, in China, they also I remember in Beijing a few years ago they were like, "Oh, we're gonna really very carefully sort the trash." People were like the same as Americans. They're like, "Yay, we're." going to sort the trash. I feel this is great. This is responsible. It's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Communities got really behind it. And just like they did in California. I think what the difference here is Mm. like people had been almost hoping that they would have to sort the trash and like thinking about the environment Mm. for years and years and years. And there was this trust in the process of like sorting the trash is going to be better for the world. And so the CDC maybe just squandered the opportunity because they didn't always consistent, like you were saying, say the right thing because maybe there were different vested interests and in what they were supposed to be saying mm. and like different leaders were saying mm-hmm. different things. And so the problem is again, it comes back to this idea that, you know, people don't trust them. Mm. And so I think, you know, because they trusted that, you know, if you sort the trash, it's going to be better for the environment. Everyone willingly did it, but then people don't seem to have trusted the CDC like about this particular thing or like the, the leadership in America. And that led to people not implementing it. So like, mm. I think again, it goes back to this systematic wide problem where in America, the leadership is not trusted by the people in a lot of ways on every side. It's not a, like a left versus right thing. It's like mm. the culture of America. It doesn't look to any of the leaders in certain fields and see anyone lead. Well, that's a that's a tough question, right? It's hard, really. A um, a moral and authoritative leader, it's it's hard to come by, right? The leader who has the vision and the moral standard and the ability to lead. I mean, that's why they're so rare. Um, so, and they don't come by, I guess, for every administration. But I think in China, there's this difference. In the States, of course, there's a much stronger sense of individualism. Mm. Um, and people prize uh, confidence, right? And, and believe in yourself. I mean, that's also the case here. Um, you know, we teach our kids to be confident and all that. But at the same time, you know, we want them to have reasons to be confident. Mm. Right. Mm. To also at the time, same time as being confident, you need to know your limitations, mm. too. And when it comes to a lot of these bigger projects and also when it comes to responsibilities of uh, leadership, like I as an individual know clearly that I don't have that vision and ability. Mm. It takes decades of uh, of studying and also of getting to know reality like across the world, to be able to develop that vision and that ability to to know what to do, right, in cases of um, uh, disasters or any other challenging cases. And me as a individual, I don't have that ability. 
And it's uh, with that understanding, I have more respect for people who do. Mm. And um, and they, you know, after learning about the plants they give out, like, for example, at the, it took a little bit of time for, um, you know, for scientists here in China and also uh, the government to figure out what to do. Right. OK. And then it, it, they rolled out the plan. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, say, in Wuhan, they built uh, those mm-hmm. two hospitals. In, mm-hmm. in 10 days and they decided that we're gonna you know set, separate mm-hmm. the cases some light cases and then the severe cases and then um like like the took a few weeks for the plan to form out and then when it came out it mm-hmm. made sense to us right as individuals who didn't know what to do so we were really happy that somebody had the the data and also the the science background um to formulate such a plan and then there are others who were able to implement mm-hmm. that plan and as time goes on, we see more of these things being done. Every time something happens, they were able to deal with it. That's how the trust mm-hmm. develops. And by now, we know that, okay, there are a few cases here, but we know that they're on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the appropriate people, like the volunteers, the, the, the doctors, and also, uh, you know, the the appropriate level of government um, workers, they are doing what they need to do to make sure that um, things are mm-hmm. under control. Mm-hmm. Even if we do worry about it, right, Jason? We don't have the information to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, you know, the people who have the information, they can do that. Yeah, they were saying in America, listen to the science, listen to the doctors. At least some people were saying that. And I think you're saying, what you're talking about, uh, you know, what does it take to be a leader? The leaders here were actually listening to the scientists. So, like, in America, a lot of, they were like, oh, I think this, different leaders were saying, or my opinion about, you know, mm. actually, you know, what we did need in america were people saying their opinions what we what they needed to be listening from the beginning listening to the scientists and doing what scientists said and that's what happened in china the leaders mm-hmm. were like yes okay let's look at they looked at the scientists and say okay yeah do you know team, and they're like we right. don't know yet okay but do these things in preparation and then like then mm-hmm. they were there okay we do know these things this is how long and so then the government was like okay we're going to do this because the scientists said that so like in china the le- the leaderships were mm-hmm. the leadership of people of the general society we're looking to the leaders of science to decide mm. what were the appropriate actions mm-hmm. to take. And those are the actions that they took. And the consequence was what we call zero COVID, which means like mm. there's virtually no COVID in the country. And when it is detected, it is very carefully isolated off. And some people are like, OK, you can't go to work for a couple of weeks. But then, hey, a couple of weeks later, the city is COVID free. And that is mm. the exact opposite of what happened in some countries like England and the United States, where it was just like, well, scientists say this, but I think, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, I, that's not how to handle opinions are not how you handle a science problem. That, that's when Jason uh, changed the channel. <laughs> well, you know. We were talking about trust, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about how that trust uh, developed. Well, here, at least in the case of uh, fighting COVID-19. And speaking of scientists, the one that everybody knows by now uh, in China is um, the doctor named Zhong Nanshan. Mm. Um, I'm sure you've seen his uh, pictures or you've seen him on TV. He's, I think he's 84 now. But he looks like he's in his 60s. You know, he does all kinds of like workouts and all that. So he was um, I think he was one of the main doctors who led the um, uh, led the team to go into Wuhan at the very Mm, beginning. mm, And mm. uh, it was like spring festival time. And we all saw the photo of him dozing off on the crowded train to go into Wuhan. That was like Mm. literally going against the current and um, and actually leading the team 
you know, that's when nobody knew what was going on. But he was, mm, uh, mm, he's a doctor in for respiratory diseases, mm. and he's the expert in the field. And just seeing an, an old man of 83, I think it was at that time, mm. you know, leaving home on New Year's Eve or, you know, a few days around that time, going into the, I, I think you can call it the epicenter mm. of the pandemic. I mean, that action itself um, generated a lot of trust and also gratitude in the public's uh, hearts mm. because you know that someone with this kind of um, significance in the in this field, he's like you know the leading figure mm. in this field, um, can go uh, we call it against the current. Yeah, you know, not worrying about his personal safety as much, so that he can find out what's going on and design a plan so that the people can be safe. So the trust started from there, mm, knowing that mm, he mm. is capable and that he has so much love and care um, and you know, for people and bravery. Exactly. And his, I mean, he's been working so hard for the past two years. And for most people, by the age of 80, I mean, they've long been retired. Mm, you know, mm. he could enjoy an easy life, lie on the beach, wherever you want to go. But he's still, you know, leading his team and working hard um, and giving results. And that's how trust was was built. Mm. It's not blind trust, mm. right? It's not ju- and it's not just trust. It's uh, it's trust and also um, the belief in these people's moral characters and in their ability. And I think a lot of it, when you think about it, moral ca- characters probably come before um, ahead of a lot of other uh, qualities. Because mm. mm. you know, mm. for us, if you if we find out that someone is not really uh, moral. Mm. Um, or that they don't have the good of the public in heart. Mm. Well, I'm not going to really listen to what he has, what else he has mm-hmm, to say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Especially when it comes to leadership positions. So sorry, I talked a lot. No, I think that <laughs> actually, I I have to admit, I almost cried. I, you know, I'm a I'm a sensitive person. When you're telling Aww. me he's 84 <laughs> and he's going against the current, I was actually really touched. I could feel my tear duct reacting because this person who is like the most vulnerable to this kind of disease is going Mm. into what you described as the epicenter accurately. Right. And he's like, you know, this is, I need to help China. I need to help all these people, maybe the whole world. Mm. And he putting his life literally on the line to try to, you know, find a solution for people. It's just really amazing that there are still people like this in the world. It's really very touching. I'm sure you've seen his picture around because by you know he he's now a national hero mm. i mean like a lot of this sounds probably cheesy to uh an american audience i'm not too <laughs> sure you know talking about moral standards and heroes but that that's what they are to us mm. um people who have a, a, a sense of purpose in their lives that's way above their personal interest mm. and we as a society as a uh, uh, a nation admire that mm. And we look, you know, we look up to that. We know that not everybody can uh, reach up to that level, but it's something to look forward to. Mm. You know, instead of just uh, looking forward to wealth and social status and just bling, bling, you know, like, look at me. um, We have something else to look (laughs) forward to. And that's something very precious that we uh, almost accidentally received over the past two years Mm. because um, a lot of heroes emerged from this trial, this battle with uh, (laughs) COVID-19. I 
I was thinking about this while you were speaking a little bit. And, you know, the United States, like there hasn't been for the last two or three decades, a lot of trust in the medical institution because it is so in America, because it's mm. so profit driven. So people are, you know, either it's they're privatized, yeah, either they're yeah. not getting the treatments they should be getting or they're not getting the pre-checking they should be get because their insurance doesn't cover it. Or they're getting operations and procedures that are so ludicrously expensive that they're not sure that they should have gotten them at all. Mm. And was this just so that some some hospital or doctor or institution could make money off of them? Mm -hmm. So I think there already was like, you know, a bubble of distrust around the medical community in the United States because of how profit driven it is and how many people it leaves behind to just let to die mm. sometimes. When this happened, it was the perfect storm of distrust or lack of trust in this entire field of institutions so that when the government and some would-be leaders tried to lead people and didn't do a particularly good job, people were already in a position where they didn't really feel like they trusted these kinds of these kinds of institutions. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's there's that too. Can I tell you a story though? Sure. We're talking please. about people having to give up, you know, we, I was talking about my grandfather about his land, but people having to give up their personal mm -hmm. like a uh, success in some ways here and there for the greater success of the world, mm. even though they may be compensated. During COVID, mm. I was working for an, for a, for a uh, training school and this training school, I was, I had been mm. working for them for a long time, eight years. And I had a very mm. comfy job that I had worked my way up through the rungs of ladders where it was middle management. Mm. And as a consequence af after about six months of, you know, the uh, zero COVID, I lost my job. Aww. They were like, okay, I'm sorry. We're going to, everybody's redundant. We're going to close the entire school down mm. across. And it was like many branches across the entirety of China. Mm. And I was one of thousands of people who lost their job with this institution. I didn't complain. I wasn't like, mm. oh no, my job, this is so terrible. Mm. What I really thought was, okay, what's my next challenge? You know? And I think that's people mm. in, in, in some places around the world are like, they don't want anything to ever touch them. And like, that's not how life works. Life is kind of <laughs> like, it has its mm. bumps and it has its up and its downs. You have right. to, this is another term and um, you may be using too many metaphors, roll with the punches. So if something comes your mm. way, you move into a new field. And so, you know, I went and I got another job mm. for another institution and actually turned out really good for me where I really liked my next job. And, you know, maybe that's not mm. the same thing that happened to everyone, but, you know, I know that people feel put out like, oh, I have to sit at home for two or three weeks. But I think like that is so really selfish when you really think about mm. like you're preventing thousands of people from not dying by having to stay home and hang out with your husband or wife and kids for a couple of weeks. Really put things into perspective for yourself. And maybe like, you know, mm. wearing a mask in an elevator is like the a very small thing to do right. to save someone's life. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't know about you uh, losing you know, your job during the pandemic. And it happened to a lot of people, I think. A lot of, uh, uh, I mean, some industries were uh, especially hard hit. Um, but I'm happy. I'm very happy to hear that, you know, it didn't really dent, made a make a huge dent on your life. Um, as you said, I mean, earlier we were talking about how things were temporary, right? And there mm -hmm. are always mm -hmm. changes. Um, and I think as adults, that's something we should uh, have in our background, I mean, because that is true. That is true about life. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter how well you want to preserve it, right, how happy you are with your current situation, um, there will be changes. 
uh, both from internally or externally. And uh, of course, some changes are unjust, right? And you you will try to deal with that. And others are um, inevitable sometimes. Mm, and mm. we need to have this uh, resilience, as you said, and flexibility mm. to be able to, to deal with that. Mm. And also there is the uh, understanding that you never know whether this new change, new situation is a, a blessing or a misfortune. Mm, mm. A lot of times it's it's hard to know. And, and a lot of times it depends on what you do with it. Right. Mm. So I think maybe um, that is pretty uh, common in, in the Chinese psychology. Mm. As long as you are healthy and alive, there's so many, there are endless possibilities. Right? You can make good by whatever you have right now. Well, I'm also thinking, yeah. you know, while we're talking, um, there are people who are in America right now listening to this, uh, uh, this uh, podcast that we're making who have actually lost mm. people who they deeply, deeply loved. And, you know, as mm. much as like we may, maybe we're comforting them by agreeing that people should have been more um, careful. I'm sure that they have a lot of righteous anger at all the people who did mm. not take this virus seriously, who argued about having mm. to wear a mask in public. And they are probably more than livid at this segment of population in America that, that selfishly like went to COVID parties to try to deliberately get COVID because they mm. thought it was something laughable. So like, mm. there are a lot of people who are legitimately really angry mm -hmm. with the parts of the population in, in countries like the United States and England that didn't take this seriously enough and cost their loved ones, their very lives. You were talking about uh, healthcare, right, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, in the United States, mm -hmm. and how uh, because most of it is privatized, and then uh, their purpose, of course, their main goal is still to make a profit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know, I uh, sometimes I think about this um, uh, state versus private. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. I think the general trend in the U.S. is that people, when they hear the word government or state, it's like they're opposed to it by mm -hmm. default, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? You have to really convince them that they are doing something uh, for the benefit of the people. And they relate this to, to control, to, the, uh, to lack of uh, personal freedom. Mm -hmm. um, but then if you think about it another way, um, there, there are no completely free individuals, right? Mm. Um, we are always influenced by some kind of external forces. Now, let's say state versus private. You think that even let's say you live in a place where there is no government. OK, nobody tells you to wear a mask or mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, you have your kid has to go to school by the age of X or staying for certain years. Nobody tells you to do any of that. But you think you're free. You're not. You are influenced. You are controlled in like a million other ways. For example, um, commercials, right? Um, advertisements. They're all there to control your mind, to steer you into buying their products or doing things a certain way. Or, you know, when it comes to health, right? Um, that they do a lot mm -hmm, of things mm -hmm. to make you buy drugs that probably wouldn't be too yeah, good for yeah. you. Um, so mm -hmm. it's the, the question could be, do, would you rather be controlled by forces that you don't really know that actually exist, uh, but they're actually there because that's how they run? 
you know, their survival, how much money they make depends on how much they can control you. Or mm-hmm. would you rather, you know, uh, have a little bit less of that and um, a little give a little bit more control to uh, public institutions that can help you manage these things so they are not all geared for making profits, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's say public hospitals. You, well, well you need to pay uh, tax dollars uh, to it or, mm-hmm. you know, public mm-hmm. education, same thing. Um, mm-hmm. But then you don't really have to worry about uh, not being able to pay the bills, right? Mm-hmm. The prices will be well, you can also, uh, will fair, right? Y- y- you're right. We can also get what's more important is preventative care. Exactly. So a lot of Americans will not deal with the problem until it's gotten so bad that they have to receive help mm. for it. Whereas if it was just something they could just go get treated and they weren't worried about what the consequence financially to them personally was going to be, mm. would get the treatment far before it became life threatening. Yeah, sometimes all it takes is somebody tells you that, hey, you got to do this. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we we as human beings, we get so lazy. Right. Um, I, I'm not going to want to get a vaccine shot unless there is uh, enough evidence maybe a little nudge to tell me that hey you better go get it <laughs> right it's 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 a good for mm-hmm, everybody mm-hmm, else mm-hmm. it's just like i don't want to go exercising right and that's well that, that's that's again trust well trust is is also part of it but also you know in inertia or it's just laziness on the part of the uh individual <laughs> like me i think that's why i paid for that um uh, private uh coaching thing what do you call it like private coach right for for workouts because mm, mm, i did not want mm. to go myself but i thought okay if i pay this person x amount of money i will feel like i want to make that money back so you know kind of mm, making that an incentive mm, to make mm. me go But my point is, um, don't think that you are a free individual. You're not going to be a free individual anywhere in the world, right? And uh, you you are either going to be under the influence of a lot of public, uh, a lot of um, private institutions and private companies, or you can delegate a little bit of that to um, to uh, public institutions, uh, you know, to help you to make sure that it's more um, equally distributed, mm-hmm. right? To make sure that uh, it, the prices are more reasonable. Mm. And also yeah. the prices would be more reasonable medically if people got preventative care instead of care when they absolutely needed it. Because exactly. getting like an emergency surgery for something is going to be far more expensive than if they just got, oh, okay, what you need to do is, you know, mm. take this lifestyle change now so that six months from now, you're not going to need some invasive surgery. We're going to have to open your chest up for Are something. You? So, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, I'm just, you know, mm. a lot of people end up having really severe uh, surgeries because mm-hmm. they didn't do some simple thing like take care of themselves. Right. And if they just had t- talked to a doctor six months or two years or three, four years before and got a polyp removed in some cases, mm. then they won't have cancer mm. later. So I think, yeah, a lot of it, you know, again, that comes down mm. trust because increasingly America is leaning towards medical care for mm. all. And so I think millions of people more are now covered than be- mm-hmm. than 20 years ago. The problem is pe- people still don't trust the mm. institutions. So th- I think that's the same problem that we were looking at in the last couple of years is like, 
people look to these institutions, they don't trust them because they're even though that it's more coverage is provided, it's still done through insurance and all these hospitals and doctors are really looking out for their pocketbooks, Mm -hmm. which is a big problem. Yeah. And also, I think um, when it comes to big projects in the U.S., you know, we we hear about the construction, like the new construction, what do you call it, initiative or uh, project. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there's always a question marks um, how well how well it's going to be carried out. Because it seems like everything, every initiative like that will be followed by endless debate. Yeah. Right. And and we don't know when that's going to when things are actually start happening. Also, because recently a bridge collapsed and it was like uh, Biden. Biden was on his way to like talk about this bridge when the bridge collapsed. Mm. You know, you're right. In some cases, there'll be maybe a lot of too much debate around something. But also some of the bridges already exist Mm. and they're just going to be reinforcing them. So hopefully there won't be too much pushback when mm-hmm. they're like, we just need to reinforce this bridge with more like metal metal trusses or something. Mm. You know, we have run out of time, baby. Oh, this okay. has been uh, a very deep and philosophical Indeed. episode for us. Maybe we'll pick up something more fun and light on the next episode. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. And thank you, our listeners. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.